time. So glad you're my best friend. Okay, so when I met this friend, I was 15 years old and I had just moved from the big city of Fort Lauderdale to a very <laughs> small town in the middle of the state. So that a lot of people don't know this about Florida, but Central Florida is actually quite southern. So for me, it was a culture shock to go to this very small southern town where everyone had known each other since birth and everybody's parents had known each other. It was an intensely Christian sort of town. The kids in my hometown voluntarily voted to not have a prom because, you know, dancing is against God, that kind of thing. Oh, oh. So I was a little bit in culture shock when I moved there. And I was also, you know, it was an awkward time to move because I was a teenager and I was in high school and it's odd to leave one school and move to a totally different place and start out over again. But one thing that I was involved with is I was involved in the theater. So in order to kind of make me feel better about the move, my parents took me to the local community theater to see a production that the young people were putting on. And so I saw this production and I just remember seeing this person on stage she really stood out to me. And afterwards, when we were talking, I, you know, I went up to meet her afterwards just to say hi. And uh, as we were talking, the oddest thing happened, which is that clear as a bell, I heard like a voice in my head say, she's going to be your girlfriend. And at that point, I had never been interested in women. I had never thought about dating girls. I had always dated boys. She certainly was not gay, but just like, I knew it with every fiber of my being. And so we became friends shortly after that. And sure enough, within like, I'd say probably a month or so, we were definitely falling in love for sure. After a month of friendship. Yeah, pretty soon afterwards. Mm. It was like that thing in girlhood where you're like instant friends and you're just, you spend every moment together and you spend the night at each other's house constantly mm -hmm. and you just can't not talk and you're passing notes constantly. The only difference is there was this added other element that I could not reconcile where I was like, I started to feel these feelings I had never felt before for another human being. And, and the truth of the matter was I was falling in love with her. She was like my first love. Mm. And I was pretty certain she felt the same way too. And eventually it came to light and, um, yeah, that, that we were in love with each other. And that started our relationship. Were you past puberty, pre-puberty? I mean, it's funny, my daughter is about to be 15. And so I see really like, yeah, puberty is in full swing at this mm -hmm. point, for sure. Yeah. And I'd had relationships with boys mm -hmm. um, that had been somewhat sexual. They weren't like all the way sexual, but, you know, somewhat. And I had definitely dated and, you know, so I wasn't new to those types of feelings, but I had never been in love before. That's for sure. Mm. And who made the first move? To, oh my gosh. To say. So, <laughs> so, you know, it was really hard because I mean, picture this, the rural South, right. Where like oh, I was, God, yeah, I was yeah. Catholic at the time. And so was she, and we were going to hell because we were Catholic. That's how oh. Southern this place was. It was so backwards, so mm. backwater. So yeah. It, and also it was 1986. It wasn't safe to just come out. Like, also, I didn't know anyone who was gay at that time. Like I didn't think there were gay people. I had never heard really of anyone who lived their life as a gay person. Mm. Um, so there was no role models but yet here you're having these feelings. You don't know what to do, but I just remember it was getting to the point where we were staying up all the time because sexual tension, right? Like emotional tension. Yes. So like we were never sleeping. 
Mm-hmm. So she would spend the night at my house or I would spend the night at her house and we would just be up all night, either talking or just, I don't even know what, just in each other's presence. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point, and then we'd have to go get up and go to school the next day. <laughs> I remember at one point, I, I just was like, something has to happen. <laughs> I'm going to die of a lack of sleep. Like I'm going to perish. So, all right. So one night we were in the same bed, of course, because girls sleep in the same bed when they sleep over each other's house. And I just remember, I think it took probably three hours to creep from one side of the pillow to like midway to kiss her. Mm-hmm. But that's what happened. Probably around so, midnight. Okay. We finally just kissed. Like, and I don't think anyone said anything, but it was so obvious that, that that's what it was. And that's what the, where those, what those feelings were. Mm. And so it just happened. And then luckily that broke the ice, but I think it took three hours to get from one side of the pillow to the other, (laughs) just frozen in fear and not knowing what to do. And then the only thing I could think the whole time was, oh my God, I'm kissing a girl. I'm kissing a girl. I'm kissing a girl. Like it was just, that was the that was the CNN news tape <laughs> running through my head. Yes. You know, it was very out of body experience in general. Yeah. Oh my word. So, and did you keep it secret once you, did you feel you had oh, to? Yeah. Keep it? yeah. It was so secret. Yeah. And yeah. eventually, you know, we were outed um, mm-hmm. by our parents, our parents all both found out both sets of parents found out and that was ugly in its own ways. Uh, her parent, her mother was, uh, to be frank, an alcoholic and could not deal with it and would wake her up just sobbing in the middle of the night. Um, just, and she loved her mom. She was so close to her mom. And so that was hard for her in its own way because she was devastating her mother. And it was like guilt. My mom was like aggressive and, and called me names and, you know, slandered me would just be like, you're, you know, how would your sister like to know she sleeps next to a queer every night? You know, this Mm -hmm. is when queer was not a good word. So because of the anger and the disgust, I think I went in the other direction where I started to stand up a little bit for myself after I got through the incredible depression and, you know, everything that came with it, Mm -hmm. I was more willing to embrace my identity and Mm -hmm. my sexuality. Whereas my friend, just felt so guilty and like so much that she had hurt her family so badly. She carried that on her shoulders for a really long time. Mm. So yeah, but eventually we were outed and we were at, we were outed. It was like little, little leaks in the town where people would say things, you would hear them, Mm. you know, like someone in my art class Mm. said something to me and, you know, just little, little snips and snipes. And Mm. it became obvious after a while that pretty much, I think most people knew. We ended it, both of us ended it many times because of the guilt, because of the fear, because we were both good Catholic girls and we were afraid of going to hell, just mm-hmm. to be just to be honest. Mm-hmm. We gave it up for Lent one year. We were like, we will be friends, but we will not have anything else because Lent, and that will be our Lent oh thing. I don't even God. know I'm not oh Catholic my. anymore, but that's that's what that's that was how deeply we took it. We really fought wholeheartedly against it. In the very, in the very end of it, the very end of my time in high school, she fully broke it off so that she could then just date men. And she found a boyfriend and kind of threw herself whole hog into that relationship. And that was really devastating for me. Were you able to, did the friendship, did any relationship or connection with her end at that point or what happened to the connection? No. So we actually stayed friends. I remember when we broke up that last time, 
the last time in high school, because we actually went back and forth for a couple of years after, but that last time in high school, I said to her, you know, what do you want from me? Do you want me to be like the maid of honor at your wedding? Cause she kept saying, I still want to be friends. I still want to be friends. I'm like, do you want me to be the maid of honor at your wedding? And sure enough, I was the maid of honor at her wedding because <sighs> we were able to transition. I think our love for each other and our incredible connection to each other, because we were very, very deeply connected as friends, persevered through a lot of breaking up and getting back together and back and forth. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so we stayed friends for many, many, many years after that. She had three children. I was close to her family, I thought, mm -hmm. and even to those children. So, um, yeah, we stayed friends for a very long time. I would say best friends for a very long time. Uh, and then what started happening? So one thing that happened was that I got married to a woman and this was probably 14 years ago at this point. And, um, she came to the wedding with her husband. She, how, she, how long had she been married at this point? A long time. Okay. So she got married. She met this guy that she ended up marrying probably right after college. Like, so maybe four years after we officially broke up for the very, very last time. Meanwhile, I proceeded to have <laughs> many relationships, many intense, close, great relationships mm. for, for years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then I did end up getting married to a woman and I invited my friend to the wedding with her husband. They were kind of that couple, that heterosexual couple you might see that goes to friends weddings like three times a year. I mean, that's just like kind of their life. They went to weddings all the time for whatever reason. She sort of um, wouldn't get back to me with the final word about whether or not she was going to come to my wedding. And, you know, I was just like, you know, just for the purposes of the caterer, I got to, I got to, I got to tie up some, some knots here. Just let me know if you guys are coming. Great. If not, that's, that's cool too. And she seemed really annoyed and I was surprised at that, but she did end up coming. Mm -hmm. I saw her at my wedding and I think we talked one more time after that. And then we never talked again, really. Like we, she just stopped calling me. We were the kind of friends that the, we were the first ones to call each other on our birthday every year. Mm -hmm. You know, we would sing hilarious versions of happy birthday songs into each other's, you know, phone messages. And that's so fabulous. And, yeah. and we, 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 we saw each other all the time. I would come to Chicago where she was living at the time and, and hang out or, you know, bring, um, presents for her kids when I would see them. And, mm -hmm. you know, we talked all the time. So it was a very abrupt change to suddenly, uh, we weren't talking at all and there was no explanation for why not. Hmm. So she was not part of the wedding party at your wedding. Mm, did no, you? No, she wasn't. I was part of hers, but she was not part, part of, of mine. Yeah. Um, cause that makes me go, Oh, do you think, do you think that upset her or no? No. And I think in retrospect, she was, she was not thrilled with herself that she had asked me to be her maid of honor. I think there was some sort of thing of trying to rewrite, because I've gone back and forth on this for years. Like, who were we really to each other? Like, mm -hmm. we seemed to me to be two people that were madly in love with each other, each other's first loves. But did I get that wrong? Was it just me? You know, was I the mm -hmm. lesbian in this relationship? And she mm -hmm. was somebody who was 
did I manipulate her into it? You know, all these thoughts have gone through my head over the years because of how many changes that she's gone through, how she was very determinately uh, decided to marry a man and live her life with a man mm-hmm. and has come right out and said to me in the best, she, at one point she said to me in the best of all possible scenarios, you and I would have only been friends. I don't think the, the fact that she wasn't in my wedding party bothered her. If anything, she seemed like she wasn't even sure she wanted to be there. What, what was the last, cause it's, it sounds like you had contact after the wedding and then that was it. What was the last conversation like that you were, what do you remember from that conversation? The last conversation we had was just maybe six months or so after I got married, my sister lost her job and I was just calling my friend because she had a connection through her brother for a potential job. So we were just talking about my sister and what she could do. But I remember my friend said to me, like, kind of in a snotty way. So how's married life? Um, And I was like, I, I don't know. I'm newly married. You know, I'm just figuring it out. I don't know what to think about it. But that is one comment that I remember that mm. seemed not like her and kind of snide. Mm. Um, I don't know what she meant by it. But mm. also at that time, I know, I guess her mom had started getting sick and I know her mom did eventually pass away. Mm. But this is the, this is how strange it is. She never told me her mom was near death at all, or even that she was that sick or, or any of it, I found out on Facebook and that it to me is shocking because hmm. if you can imagine the best childhood friend you had mm-hmm. where you knew everything about each other and you lived at each other's houses and your families knew each other to not be a part of that, to not even hear that that was the scenario. Maybe I'm being selfish and thinking I would be on a list of people that would know, but, um, yeah, I didn't to find out on Facebook. I was mm-hmm. like, what it happened after the marriage, like maybe a couple of years after, after you got uh, married. Uh Uh-huh. And we hadn't talked to each other in a while, but (sighs) I would think if you're, if her mom is that sick, I just feel like we, she would have told me. When did you realize she's, she's disappeared? Did she ghost Mm -hmm. you or? I mean, I think certainly around birthdays, because like I said, Mm -hmm. birthdays every year we would talk on our birthdays. Um, and I'm also pretty, I thought pretty good friends with her husband as well. So mm-hmm. it's not like it was ever awkward when we were together. The last time we were together, I was 20 years old. So this is a long time ago that mm-hmm. we actually had a relationship. Mm-hmm. We had been friends way longer than we had ever been mm-hmm. sexually involved with each other. So did her husband know that you two were? Oh yeah. he knew. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Oh, he now, knew. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. he knew. Okay. He knew. And that's interesting. So, okay. So you. You, you have this, you have a, a phone conversation, you can feel a little icy, Birth, your birthday happens, you don't hear anything, and then you're like, is this over? Did you reach out to her? How did you, what, how did you? I think I probably did every once in a while call her or email her just to check in, um, but just not really hearing anything back. Mm. And again, maybe it was because her mom was sick. I don't know, but there's only a certain amount of time you chase someone when, or like, if you're the only one that is leaving messages on a birthday, you know, how long does it take to clue into that when someone has been so, so close to you? I don't think it takes that long. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in your heart. And how, how did that affect you when you were like, I get it. I get what's going on. (sighs) I am not good with partings. Like I am the kind of person I'm an intense, intense feeling sort of a person. Mm -hmm. 
I'm an emotional person and I tend to, I'm a loyal person. When I connect to someone and you're in my tribe, like you're in my tribe forever. And I will go down fighting for you. That's just who I am. Mm. So I think it's hard and it's hard to not have a goodbye. It's hard not to have an explanation. I'm always that person who wants just like the finality and like the conversation I can move on if we can talk about it and we can get to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but to not have any kind of conversation or any kind of like, you know, come to Jesus honesty. Mm. That's, that's what I don't like because um, honesty is really important to me. And I try to live my life honestly with myself and with others. Mm -hmm. And also that's what life is about to me. Mm -hmm. Like that's the good stuff Mm. about life, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, showing up mm. and being yourself, whatever it is, being honest with people, taking responsibility, having relationship, that's what life is. Mm-hmm. And then at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was just doing this thing of calling everybody I knew just to check in and make sure they were okay. And I didn't really want to call her because it felt so awkward, mm. but I was like, I should, mm. because if I'm really reaching out to everybody, mm-hmm. let me reach out. Mm-hmm. And I called her and she was just like, like nothing had happened. <gasps> she was like, how are you? And it was like, what? <laughs> it's odd to me that to act so clueless when I call mm-hmm. to act as though we just talked like last Sunday. Mm. That is weird because you know that we haven't. Right. Like what alternate reality are you living in mm. that you can't just be honest? I also, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but I believe that adults have the power to be honest with each other. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm 51 years old. Yeah. Yeah. She's 54 years old. Like, mm she can just say, you know, I, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then h- how long was that conversation and how did that end? I mean, it was like 30 minutes, but it was just a, are you guys okay? Are your children okay? Mm-hmm. And she was just filling me in on their lives, mm-hmm. you know, just real kind of like, you know, information you would tell anybody. And there's definitely been moments where it has flared for me and been super, super painful. And I think that's how grief is. You know, my, my girlfriend just lost both her parents and I've lost people in my life that, you know, have died. And I realized that that's how grief is. Grief is not consistent. It just flares. Mm. And when it flares, it can take you down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I felt different times when I've thought about this situation with her. Hmm. It's, it's interesting. I've read like articles online about like, oh, if you want to let go of a friend, sometimes ghosting can be good or just slipping Ugh. out of their life. But I think I think the caveat in these articles are is if it's not super close friend or did you ever think of did you ever consider like reaching out to her and saying, hey, what's what's up? You know, what I most recently thought about it is when you and I spoke about having this conversation, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, is there something wrong with me that I didn't just, cause if I, if what's well, my role, I could just get on the phone right now and, or I could reach out in an email and see, I feel like if I did that, she might be incredulous. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? No, we're mm-hmm. just, we're fine. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? Because mm-hmm. she is, she was that way the last time. And it feels kind of like chasing someone. Um, I'm not good at chasing. I don't like to chase. Mm. So I feel like I took the hint. I got the hint. Right. And now the grief is for me to deal with and to understand that she's where she wants to be. And that if she wanted to talk to me, she would, mm. she knows where I am. No. Does no. that sound petty? 
I don't mean it to be petty. I don't think it sounds petty at all. I sometimes think, you know, there's like I'm thinking about the past. There have been times in the past in my breakups with and I've I, the reason why I'm doing this show is because four of my best friends, four of my best friends, I'm not friends with any of them. Mm. Yeah. And four? Wow. Four. That's a lot, sure. It is. <laughs> That's a lot. It is. It is a lot. And, uh, you know, and there's only one person to sort of look at, and that's me. Like, Mm -hmm. what's been going on with me? What have my choices been? Mm -hmm. And it really has been my choice. I've, you know, uh, of of people, I'd say one, one was not necessarily the same story. Like three of them were the same story Mm -hmm. of very alpha, alpha women. Mm -hmm. And, the one was more of a partner in crime with me. And I think we just had a, I think we had a very tight, almost too tight relationship Mm -hmm. and merged too much as friends. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then trying to, we did try to change the dynamic, but that I had a lot of therapy near the end of our friendship and knew and created a boundary. Mm -hmm. She felt was a total betrayal. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, all right, well, I'm letting that go. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I didn't let it go. I pursued it for a bit saying, I love mm-hmm. you. I love you. This is just a boundary. I feel like what you're doing is really not good, but it's, I'm accepting that you want to do this, but I don't want to hear about it. And unfortunately they didn't, they didn't understand that. So mm. um, boundaries are hard when you set them and they're so important to you. And then somebody can't understand that right. you just need that space for yourself. Right. That's painful. Thank you for saying that. I, I think it, just to take responsibility, maybe I could have saved the friendship if I said we need to really talk four times a year and that's it. Mm. And maybe that could have saved it. Um, mm-hmm. Coming back to uh, your story that and this friend that I, I, I could understand why you might say, yeah, I'm, hmm, I've reached out, I've done it. So and I'm getting the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, maybe it's because we're so close to certain people that we kind of understand what, like we know in our bones, Mm -hmm. what it's going to be. Nobody has to tell us. Have you moved through this, the pain and the grieving of this friendship? How, how, and how did you? I think I have at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, well, I mean, you know this about me, but I'm a chanter. I'm a chanter. I'm a Buddhist, right? That's my personal faith practice. And so I think uh, in anyone who has a faith practice that provides them with deep insight, I think I have definitely chanted, mulled, processed all of these things, you know, on a very, very deep level. And so can you tell people what, what chanting is? And Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for asking. Okay. Um, so I am, uh, I practice Buddhism with the SGI and I chant Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, um, which is the mantra to open your life to the truth of your life, which is that you are a Buddha, that you are ultimately endowed with all the best things in the universe. And when you chant, you open your life to the deepest truth of the universe and the beautiful truth of life, I'll add, and you become just your best self. So that's what I do every day. I chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. I feel like it's really important in life in general to acknowledge people's contribution to you. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, I was a depressive kid. I had a lot of problems in high school. 
Mm. I used to see happy people and I'd be like, they're not really happy. There's no such thing as happiness. That was really who I was. And I like, before I met her. And then when I met her, I was like, you know, wow, she, and this is why I fell in love with her. Mm. Wow. She's such a good person. She's such a happy person. She's so bright. She's like the sunshine. That's Mm. how I really experienced her in my life. So, um, no matter what happened after the fact or whatever problems arose or whatever this sadness is about losing her, I will always appreciate and appreciate her for who she was in my life and the contribution she made to me and how much I was able to grow and to even to understand that there's a thing called happiness. Thank you.